It is incredibly heartwarming and meaningful to be a witness to the sacred act of baptism because it's a reminder from the very beginning there has been faith and hope and God's grace given to all people equally. We believe that before anyone ever knows it, that every single person in this world has the exact amount of grace. And the act of baptism is igniting that prevenient grace. And that's a gift. And to be able to partner it today with communion, that's a time when you come to the table and you get grace upon grace upon grace, even more and more and more. Because the table is a place where we come for a moment of confession. And we come for a moment of receiving forgiveness. And so to have a day where we get to experience a gift of water and the gift of food, that's a good Sunday. But honestly, any day that we get to gather in this chapel is a good day. And so you may be watching live. You may be watching this on demand some random day we didn't even record. You could be listening to this on a podcast. And then you may be sitting right here in the pews. For all of us right now, wherever we might be, may we firmly plant our feet so we know that we are on sacred ground. And wherever we may be, may we still any distractions so we may worship. And may we bring into clarity or bring into focus the very thing that God is asking us to. Because this is a time of worship. We're not here to check a box. We're not here to be entertained. We're not even here because somebody made us come. I mean, technically you might be. <laughs> technically you might have somebody in your house that said, oh, we're going to church today. But I would suggest that somewhere deep inside of us, inside of all of us, we come to worship yearning for and looking for something to hold on for the week. And so if you experienced that in baptism, if there was a word you heard or this mental picture that you have, if that's what you need to hold on to, then hold on to it. And later on, if there's a moment in communion, if there's a word or a mental picture that you have, then hold on to that for the week. But I want to offer us something else to hold on to. And that's the gift of Scripture. And the scripture that we read today, believe it or not, has both water and food. Don't you love that? I'm going to read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. I'm going to read 11 verses because there's not one verse I can take out because I like the story too much. So here we go. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. 
then he sat down and he taught the crowds from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night long, but we have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, we'll let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. And so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were there with him were amazed at the catch of fish that were taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. And when they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. Now, if you need joy in your life, you need to go find a children's basketball game. And the younger the children playing, the more joy it will be. Unless you're an avid basketball player, then that is going to cause you a tremendous amount of stress to watch the children's game. (laughs) Because at children's basketball games, um, they travel. There's a lot of traveling. And there's a lot of double dribbling. And the refs never call anything. (laughs) And... There's a whole lot of shouting. I remember one game where I was, I actually watched this sweetest little girl. She ran up to somebody and she stole the ball. And based on the look of that little girl's face, the player went, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Here, have it back. (laughs) It was the best. I loved it. But if you're at a children's basketball game, there's always people shouting on the sidelines. And I think I've become one of them. I can't help it. I'm always like, shoot the ball. Just shoot the ball. I'm the mom, though, that claps for both sides. I can't help that either. It's like whenever the kid gets it in the net, you've got to have to get excited. I'm the mom who just claps for everybody. I remember this one particular game. It was at the time of my child's life when they were playing half court. So we actually sat in the middle of the court and I was facing and behind me were the backs of the other parents watching the other game. And behind me, there was a kindergarten game going on. And one of them must have made a great shot because I heard this little kindergartner voice go, nothing but net. (laughs) I married an Indiana Purdue fan. Basketball is in our house all the time, so I have heard nothing but net everywhere. I hear nothing but net in my living room, in the driveway while they're playing, and on every basketball court. I hear nothing but net all the time with my basketball-loving husband. And I hear nothing but net in our scripture reading today. Because guess what? In order to fish on the Sea of Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee, you needed nothing but a net. You need nothing but a net to fish in the Sea of Galilee. And so that net has become a symbol of vocation. It's become a symbol of identity. It's become a symbol of livelihood. And it's become a symbol of the only thing fishermen can control. And that's exactly where we pick up our story. 
We pick up our story when the disciples are cleaning their net. It's at the end of their workday. It's at the end of their shift. They've been fishing and come up empty. And don't you know that's exactly when Jesus comes in and says, oh, we're going to keep going. (laughs) The professionals of the trade say, you don't understand, Jesus. We've been fishing. There's no fish, but thank you. We're going to wind down now and go home. We're going to begin to think about the people we want to hang out with back home. We're going to put our feet up when we get home and watch the Olympics. We're winding down from the day. Don't you get it? And of course, when you don't want him to, that's always when Jesus shows up. Jesus is like, I think we should keep going. It's kind of like for us when we finally get to turn the light off in our office. When we finally get to hit the button on the Zoom call that says in for all, not just leave. It's like we finally run the dishwasher. The cars are in the garage. We finally hit submit. The last thing we want to do is gear it all back up again. And that's exactly what Jesus is asking. And I've always found that God never, ever waits for me to be well rested or the perfect time of my day to show up. It's always when we're at our weakest and when we think we cannot go anymore and we think that everything is empty when God shows up and says, oh, there's more to be done. A child never waits for the perfect part of your day when all your chores are done to have a real hard conversation. Never do they. Your partner, they don't wait to the perfect part of your moment of your day to have a very honest and hard conversation with you, do they? You don't get the phone call or you don't get the decision or you don't get the message at the time when you feel like you're on your A game. Something always happens when you're feeling empty and God is there to say, I have more. And so the professionals These fishermen, they did what Jesus said and they put the nets back out. And to their very great surprise, there were so much fish that they actually had to call out their co-workers and be like, I'm going to need some help now. (laughs) And the other ones, their friends had to come on the other boat and grab the other part of their net and pick up all the fish. And the fish, of course, were so much, they filled two boats. And so, yes, A place of barrenness became a place of abundance. A place where there was one became a place of help. And a life was changed because of it. And Simon Peter falls down to his knees and says, I have nothing but net, but free me from it. For all you exegetical nerds out there like me, we know that this is what you call a nature miracle. This is when God takes something in nature, God takes something created and does something amazing with it. It's a nature miracle. And because we are good theologians, we know that because food is talked about, fish is food. And when food is making an appearance in our gospels, we know what that means. We mean that really... We understand that this is a story, this is a message that is meant to be a nourishing and sustaining message for a new community of followers of Christ. 
And so this story today, what we want to hold on to is a story of nourishment and sustenance for anyone who follows Christ. And what I want to know is, what was really said? I mean, what really happened? What's the conversation that occurred after Jesus says, do not be afraid? And between the time that Simon is on his knees to the time they get back to shore, there's a little moment there. What was said? What's not captured in the scripture? What is it that made three men leave everything? What would it take for you to leave everything? Many years ago, the great explorer, Sir Francis Drake, was attempting to recruit a number of young men for an upcoming exploration. He gathered them around and he told the group of men, if they came with him, they would see some of the most marvelous things their eyes could ever behold. Sandy white beaches, juicy fruits, foreign peoples, priceless treasures, and gorgeous landscapes. And he told them that it would be a wild adventure could be theirs if only they came with him. Not one of them enlisted for that journey. The next day, a different group came out. And Drake told them that if they came, they would encounter storms that would terrify them to tears. Tiger winds would hammer them and blow them off course for months. Water would frequently be scarce. And at times they would be so thirsty, their very souls would cry out for simply one drop of water. In short, danger would always be their constant companion. And Drake concluded by declaring that if they could handle these things, the joys of exploration would exceed their wildest dreams. Every single one of them in that group joined Sir Francis Drake that day. Some didn't even go home to say goodbye. They just boarded the boat, eager for the journey. What made the difference between these two groups? Why did the first group turn down the mission and the second group jump at the chance? Was it the second group different or more adventurous than the first? The answer is no. It is not the men who changed. It was the message. The first spoke of reward and the second spoke of challenge. The first offered comfort. The second promised suffering. And the first tempted them with things. But more importantly, the second seduced them with an experience unlike any other. And that's what Jesus is offering for the disciples. Jesus is offering an experience unlike any other. 
Jesus offers a challenge, a change, and a correction. And if you're part of the group that accepts that path, that's a path that's going to look a lot like a children's basketball game. (laughs) Because there are going to be moments of great joy. And there are going to be moments of incredible stress. And there are going to be times when you feel like the play is unfair. There are going to be times when you're tired. There are going to be times that you're thirsty. And there's going to be times you just want to sit on the bench, but you need to give more. And along the way, there are going to be a ton of people on the sidelines shouting at you and screaming at you. But if you choose that path of challenge, of change, and of correction, the reward will be your wildest imagination. Along the way, there were people on the crowd, people in the crowd, and they were right up to the water's edge witnessing these lives being changed. And when you see God at work that kind of way, you have to share the message. You have to talk about it and you have to share it. And that crowd of people, you know what they did? They turned around and they told the person next to them. And then the person next to him, friend to friend and family to family and town to town. And pretty soon, from the edge of the water to the edge of the other side of town, everyone is talking about what God is doing. I have friends that are going through really hard times right now. I have friends that are going through separation, through divorce. And I have friends that have unexpected children in their lives. And I have friends with a lot of unexpected decisions that have been made on their behalf, for them, out of their control. I have friends with all the unexpected things. You do too. And it's a privilege to be one of the people on the sidelines, on the edge, shouting at them, showing them places of abundance and showing them places where God is really working and showing them places where, yes, it's a challenge and it's a change, but maybe even a correction. It is a privilege for me to stand with people and say, take your shot. But I think those people are just looking for something to hold on to. I think about basketball teams and at the end of a really big game when they're really excited they finally won the championship or whatever big game it is they form that human ladder and they all take pieces of the net they cut it so they can hold on to something as a reminder they can hold on to something of a victory they can hold on to something they remember doing something bigger than themselves this is an opportunity for us to take a piece of Simon Peter's net and hold on to it And hold on to that faith and that hope that God, yes, is calling us into a challenge and a change and a correction. But there will be abundance within it. And there will be help within it. And it's our turn to hear God say, do not be afraid. Everybody knows Michael Jordan? Raise your hand if you don't. Okay, yeah, all right. 
oh, okay, Michael Jordan's a great basketball player. He jumps like the highest in the entire world. And there's only one animal, one animal that can jump higher than Michael Jordan. And do you know what it is? It's an African deer known as the Impala. It's true. The Impala jumps 10 feet vertically and 30 feet as a broad jump. The broad jump is 30 feet. And you would think that absolutely nothing could keep this deer in. But guess what? You can go to zoos and see this deer because it's actually quite easy to keep this deer that can jump higher than anything in the midst of a little bitty wall. You know why? Because this type of deer refuses to jump unless it can see where it will land. Let's not have the Impala problem, people. Let's jump. Let's make the play. Let's take the leap. Let's put the net back in. Because witnessing a life that's being changed, that is a message that will go from the edge of the water to across town. Friends, we are the nature miracle. We are the very thing in God's creation that God is using to provide nourishment and sustenance for the next follower of Christ. And that is a message that needs to spread from person to person, town to town, so that the message people will hear is that this is a place, Chapel Roswell, this is a place that people can hold on to because you know what? We are an extension of the gift of water and the gift of a table that offers community and love and forgiveness to all people equally. And when we take that leap, I have no idea where we will land, but it will be probably in water and fish. And so join me. Let's get on our knees and let's say together, we have nothing but net, but free us from it. Amen.